we live the kind of life that you want us to live. But we want to be blessed of you. And so, Lord, we ask you to bless our people, watch over and keep us. Bless you tonight now as we study our word together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would please take your Bibles tonight. Turn and we'll start in Revelation. Uh, another place I'd like you to turn to is uh, Matthew chapter 12. So find those two addresses if you would please. And uh, first of all, let's read uh, uh, Revelation 22 and verse 19. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Pray with me, please. Father, I pray in Jesus' name now, Lord, that you would continue to bless your word to our body, soul, and spirit. We need lifting up all the time. Give us your wisdom tonight to understand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, a lot of people and several denominations use this verse to show that you can lose your salvation once you're saved. Now, any child of God that believes the Bible is the Word of God and believes that God cannot lie and believes that the Bible has no errors in it or no contradiction in it, which it doesn't, and we know it is the Word of God, know without a doubt that once you're saved, you cannot lose your salvation. So, when you read verses like Revelation 22, verse 19, listen to it again. If any man should take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God should take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Now, just exactly what is this talking about? Now, notice if you would please, let's, let's uh, go to uh, the next verse, verses that I'd like to read to you. is Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. I'll read verses 31 and verse 32. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him. Neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Now, if you'll notice, it does not say any of this, anything about a saved person there in those two verses. It's just talking about men, you know, human beings, period. If any man blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, okay, then there's no hope for him. Now, let's go to the next portion of Scripture that I'd like to read with this is Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. And uh, notice with me, please, let's begin reading verse 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened 
and have tasted the heavenly gift, and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted the good word of God, and of the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they have crucified themselves the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. Now, if you take all these verses, now, every sin but one can be forgiven. Notice that. But the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Ghost cannot be forgiven in. Now, that's what Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4 through 6 is also talking about. Now, Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through 6 is one of the one mentioned here where the question is, is this a saved man? Notice he's been enlightened. He has tasted of the heavenly gift. He has tasted of the good word of God. He has tasted of the powers of the world to come. He has ever even had something to do with the Holy Ghost. But it does not say that he has the Holy Ghost. All it says is he comes to life. In other words, if you come and you sit under the preaching of the Word of God, you know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God because the Word of God says so. You know that salvation is one salvation. Jesus Christ is the only one that can save you. Now, the Bible makes it very plain that no man can be saved, number one, by Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, faith come by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So first you've got to hear the Word of God. Secondly, nobody can get saved unless the Holy Spirit draws them to Christ Jesus. You ever heard somebody say, I'll get saved when I get ready? No, you won't. You'll get saved when the Holy Spirit draws you to Christ Jesus. Now, how's that done? First of all, you have to hear the Word of God. You can hear it both through a track. Somebody might witness to you. You can hear it on the TV or the radio. Any way you hear the Word of God, it's presented to you that Jesus is the Savior. Then the Bible says that the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and deals it to your heart that it is the Word of God and Jesus is the Savior and you can be saved if you want to. Now that's to anybody. John 3.16 But if you come to the Bible, you sit under preaching, you get a track handed to you telling you about Jesus, somebody witnesses to you, however you hear the Word of God, and you turn from the Word of God and from the Lord Jesus, and you turn from the Holy Spirit dealing with you about the Lord Jesus and through the Word of God, who are you going to go to? He's the only Savior. That's what he's talking about. Now I want you to watch this. This is not a saved man. Because a lost man can be enlightened or shown the truth or learn about Christ. Anybody can do that. A lost man can have tasted the heavenly gift of the Word of God. They can read the Word of God. The Word of God will speak to their heart. A lost man uh, can, but he does not eat of the Word of God. He only tastes of the Word of God. Now the Holy Spirit goes along with a lost man, convicting him that he needs a Savior every day, uh, pricking his conscience, and that man does not have to accept Christ as Savior. God would not make any man 
get saved. He'll give you the opportunity to. We're free moral agents. We can say no to God or we can receive Him. Now there are teaching, the Calvinists teach, for instance, that you can't resist the Holy Spirit. But yes, you can. God gave you that ability. Alright? That's not a work of your own. God gave you the ability to either receive Christ or reject Him. God gave you the ability to say no to the Holy Spirit or to say yes to the Holy Spirit. So yes, you can reject the Holy Spirit. Now the truth is, this person, Revelation 22, verse 19, Hebrews 6, verse 4 through 6, is not a saved person who loses his salvation. He is one who has committed the unpardonable sin. Now notice something. The Bible says here, for it is impossible to renew them again under repentance, seeing they crucified themselves, the Son of God afresh, and put Him to open shame. Here it is then. If you, if, if, if you reject the Lord Jesus Christ, then you can't have Him crucified all over again. He's only crucified once for your salvation. Now, after great enlightenment, and deliberately, maliciously, and finally rejecting Christ, He blasphemed, the Holy Ghost. You know what he's saying to the Holy Spirit? If the Holy Spirit deals with you through the Word of God and you keep rejecting the Word of God, you keep rejecting the Word and the Holy Spirit, you're saying, you got no power. You can't make me be a saved. That's blasphemy. And the Bible said anybody that will do that, there's no hope for them. Now I want you to turn with me to Hebrews uh, chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And uh, look with me please beginning in verse 26. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 26. <clears throat> For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fire indignation. We shall devour the adversaries. He that decides motive law Die without mercy and so on. Now I want you to watch this. And verse 6 says, If we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth. It does not say we receive the truth. It says we receive the knowledge of the truth. Now watch this. This is not a saved person losing their salvation. Uh, these scriptures are talking to the Jews who look forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're saved. But when He did come, or when they received knowledge of Him, they would not accept Him. Which again means anyone who willfully rejects the Christ cannot find any other sacrifice for their sin. There is none. There is no sacrifice for sin without the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at chapter 10 now of Hebrews, verse 39. Verse 39. But we are not of them which draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. That's a saved person. I'm not of that group up there. I'm of the group that believes. <clears throat> In the book of Isaiah chapter 53, uh, it talks about those that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I never I never forget a Dr. Harold Siler preaching a sermon. Uh, let me turn there just a minute. I'll show you something, if I can, real quick, to Isaiah 53. It won't take but a minute, and I want to show you the truth there. 
I should have found it before. But I got it. Dr. Harold Seidler started off with this great chapter, Isaiah 53. Who had believed our report? You know what he stopped and said? I have. Amen? I believe it. I believe all the rest of that chapter that Jesus is the Savior. Or to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? To me. Amen? And so, there's some that rejects, there's some that receives. I'm a saved man tonight. You're a saved person tonight if you're saved by the grace of God. Why? Because we do believe it. But we are not of them which draw back under perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. If any Jew or Gentile comes to the knowledge of the truth that Christ is our sacrifice for sin, then continually, willfully, in the sin of unbelief, rejecting Christ, then no other sacrifice can take away their sins. They have none. They're without hope. Now, someone will say then, Galatians chapter 5, in verse 4, says, You are fallen from grace. That's the Bible says that. Galatians chapter 5, verse 4. Now, watch this. That's not losing your salvation. You have to remember something. No verse is of private interpretation. You know what that means? That means the verses above it and the verses below it all go with it. You don't pull out one verse and say, I got it. No, you don't. You have to take all of it. And if you go to Galatians chapter 5 and where it says you are fallen from grace, uh, Paul is trying to teach these Jewish uh, people uh, that were saved. And now they want to go back on the Jewish law and worship it in the temple. And he said, you're falling from grace. In other words, you're leaving grace and going back to old-time worship. And he ain't talking about you're falling from grace and losing your salvation. You're just going back to where you came from. Galatians 5 verse 4. Christ has become of no effect unto you. In other words, those that come up to the truth that Jesus is a Savior, talking to these Jews now, and he, He's trying to convert them from the Jewish belief of, of worshiping idols and so on. And so He's Galatians chapter 5, verse 4, Christ has become no effect unto you. And He's talking about you're fallen from grace. The grace of God is that Jesus come in this world to save you by faith alone. Now, if you go back under law, then you've fallen from grace. You're leaving grace behind. And notice Christ has no effect to you. If you go back under the law, Christ just can't be your Savior then, but the law can't save you. It's only your schoolmaster. Christ has become no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, you're fallen from grace. Now watch this. In other words, anyone who thinks they are saved by good works or keeping the law, or let's put it in modern day language, if I don't drink and I don't chew and I don't run around with them and do, I'm saved. No, you're not. That's works. And that doesn't save you. We're, if, you if you're saying that, you're saying that you're doing the salvation and not Christ. Now notice it. You have fallen or departed, if you believe that, from God's plan of salvation by grace, which is Jesus dying for your sins on Calvary. He has shed blood for forgiveness of sin. And if you depart from that plan, God's plan, you have fallen into false doctrine and you will go to hell. 
Just that simple. Now, a Christian is now a child of God. Now, watch it. Turn over to John chapter 1. Somebody said, when I get to heaven, I'll get saved. No, if you ain't saved before you get to heaven, you ain't going to get to heaven. Now, watch this, please. In John chapter 1, I'll read verses 12 and verse 13. But as many as received Him, now that's me and you, if you're saved today, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. In other words, salvation is of God. It's not from your bloodline, your daddy and mama. It's not in your flesh. You quit doing certain things to be said. Not by your will. I can quit smoking. I can quit drinking. I can quit cussing. I can quit if I want to by my will. No, it's not by that. It's by God alone. Now, so we're, we're children of God by God alone. A child cannot become unborn. Think about that for just a minute. If I'm a child of God today, I can't come unborn. I'm still a child of God. Right on into heaven. The relationship of a father and child cannot be ended. The Bible speaks many times of the second birth. Now watch this, but it never mentions the third birth. It only mentions the second birth. I'm born again, and I'm not going to be born three times. Impossible. The Christian has everlasting life now. Forty-five times the terms eternal life and everlasting life are used in the Bible. And every time they're used is to the believer. John 3.16, for instance. Everlasting life is a present position. In other words, John 3.36, John 6.47, John 5.24 talks about now. If I receive Christ as my Savior, I'm a child of God right now. You don't wait to get to heaven. You don't wait for something to happen right now. The little girl I got to lead the Lord Sunday morning right there on that front pew. In just a few minutes, she asked the Lord to save her. You know what the Bible says happened to her right there? She become a child of God right there. That instant. And she'll never get rid of it. Now listen, a Christian has no condemnation coming to them. John chapter 5, 24, Romans 8, 34. You can accuse me. The world can accuse me. I walk differently. I, I try to live perfect before God, but I make mistakes. And some, Aha, you're not a child of God. See what you just done? Go ahead and accuse me. You have a right to accuse me if I don't live perfect. But God doesn't accuse me. You know why? I'm under the blood. And God does not see me under the blood. He sees me through the blood of Christ and I become as white as snow, the Bible says, in my sin. None can take a Christian out of Jesus' hand. John 10, 24. No man can pluck them out of my Father's hand. Nothing can separate the believer from the love of God. Listen to this. 2 Timothy 1, 12. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. How many times have you ever heard somebody say, I'd become a Christian if I could live it? And you know what? Every time I say to people, you can't live it. You can't. You can't live like Christ. You can, you can strive to. You can do your best to. But it's Christ in you that does the Christian living. 
Listen to it again. For I know whom I have believed, that's Christ, and am persuaded that He is able to keep me against that day. I can't do it. I need some help. I'm in a sinful body. And Jesus said He could do it. Amen? And He will do it. And Romans 8, verse 38 and 39 said, Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Then lastly, sin is not charged to the Christian any longer. Now, these are so important verses. I want you to listen to them very carefully. If you tie it with everything else I've said, these verses here answer all your questions. Romans chapter 4, verse 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him, that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describes the blessings of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. In other words, God keeps books on us. That's a book that when you read that uh, word, the impute is a bookkeeping term. And God keeps two sets of books, one on the Lord Jesus Christ and one on me and you. Jesus Christ's book over here is perfect righteousness. There is absolutely, you can find no fault in Him whatsoever, the Bible said. You can go through His life, you can watch His life on this earth all the way through the time He lived here, perfect. Look at mine over here, and mine's dirty, and mine's black, and I've done everything in the world. God's got a record every bit of it. And the Bible said that God took His righteousness and put them over here on my book and put my sins over here on Jesus' book. And you can't accuse me any longer. Why? Because you, if you do, you're going to have to accuse a perfect one, Christ Jesus, because all my sins is on Him, on the cross of Calvary. And He nailed them to the cross, and He'll never bring them up again. So when you read verses like blotting me out of the book, find out who He's talking about. He's not talking about a Christian. A child of God can't be blotted out of the book. Because Jesus is the bookkeeper. Amen? He's the one that takes care of it. He's the one that keeps the records. Man, I'm so glad that human beings is not my record keeper. Amen? Because I guarantee you, I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything any days of time unless... Hey, Brother Strona! And they see me. I don't care where it's at. I, me and my wife drive around and go to the hospital. Hey! Somebody will see me and watch. There's somebody watching you all the time. And they'll accuse you of the least drop of a hat. If you make the least mistake, they're right there to point a finger at you. But God doesn't. By the grace of God, I'm fit for Him. Amen. And He did it. I didn't do it. What a blessed thought that is to sink in. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll watch over us. Give us that sweet peace. That's the reason to God we can lay our heads down on the pillow at night and not worry about it one ounce. If it's the last breath we take, have some body present with the Lord, no in-between. What a blessed thought. Bless us tonight now and go with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.